Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. All right. I'm excited today because I have two classmates of mine uh, from UNC Keenan Flagler on the MBA Insider podcast, uh, Blake Cook and Carrie Wrigley. And this is a special podcast because this time, uh, five years ago, literally, I was looking at my Facebook memories was literally the day that we graduated from business school. And time really does time really does fly. And about a month ago, we should have been in person together celebrating our five-year reunion. But, you know, as the universe works its ways, uh, that obviously did not happen, um, which is unfortunate. But I do think it is a milestone to be celebrated. And I wanted to bring both of them on today to talk a little bit about their experience post-business school, particularly, you know, hitting that five-year milestone mark. And uh, both of them, um, I've been able to keep in touch with them over the years and know a little bit about their stories, which I'm excited to have them kind of talk about and share um, but I'm just very grateful that um, they've joined me here today. So I guess let's just start with some introductions and and maybe Carrie, why don't you go first? So uh, just maybe introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, thanks, Alex. Uh, hi, hello, everyone. My name is Carrie Wrigley. I graduated with Alex and Blake from UNC Keenan Flagler in 2015. I'm currently a senior director of consulting at Marriott International, which of course in these times has been a super interesting chapter. Um, prior to that, I was a manager at PwC, um, which is the position that I joined at a you know after following business school. So went from external consulting to internal consulting, and just uh, super excited to reflect on the past five years. It's certainly been been a journey, and I can't even believe it's been five years already. So thanks for having me. Great, thank you, Carrie. Uh, Blake, how about yourself? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Blake Cook. Uh, I'm a manager and client lead with North Highland, um, based out of a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And yeah, just thrilled, thrilled to be reconnecting with Alan Carey. This is fun. Great. So I guess to start, and I'm going to start with you, Carey, because I'm looking at you right now. So you're five years out. Think back to this day, you know, five years ago, right? And think, think, you know, be, get in that mindset, did did you think you'd be where you are now? I mean, let's just start there. <laughs> That's a funny question. Right now is very interesting. <laughs> um, did I think we'd be in the middle of a pandemic with the hospitality industry? No, but honestly, I'm in the position where I hoped I'd be. You know, internal consulting with hospitality was sort of the goal. So it's awesome to be here. Um, I would say external factors aside, of course, um, I'd say that it's awesome. And I'd also say that it, it probably wasn't what I expected when I got here. Um, so that, that flexibility to just be continuously adjusting has been huge. You know, when I got here, I was like, oh, this isn't what I expected. But I think that's something that I kind of took a step back and was like, oh, that's going to be probably a continuous factor. So um yeah, it's, uh, I didn't see it, but the path sort of just played out for me. Yeah, for sure. And I, having known you for a while, I know that travel and hospitality has always been somewhat of an interest in yours. And I'm just curious, you know, particularly post business school, um, how you were able to explore that further, which ultimately led to where you are now. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I was very fortunate to, when I joined PwC, I was very uh, deliberate in picking the industry where I might have thought I saw a second chapter to. So that's one thing that I probably didn't realize at the time, the value in that. But by choosing to work in the industry that I wanted to pivot to, then open the doors to eventually get into this industry. Um, so that's probably was the, I didn't appreciate that step, but that did open, open this door for me to be here today. That's great. Uh, Blake, I want to throw the same, same question to you. You know, you were, you were in Minneapolis before business school or Minnesota before business school. You're, you're back there now. Um, you had a goal of getting into consulting when you, I think when you came into business school and, and that's where you are, but, um, think mm -hmm. back to graduation day and where you are now, right now. Um, you know, do you think yeah. you'd be in this position or, or tell me a little bit about that? Oh, a little, a little bit. Yes. And a little bit. No. Um, I, so I was consulting before business school and I knew if I wanted to go back in or stay in the industry, it wasn't going to be the really common, like two or three year, um, plan and then move on to the next thing. I kind of wanted to ride it out as long as I could. Um, so still being in the profession isn't a surprise. Um, that said, I'm, I've never been the type of person that had a, like a five-year career plan or even a three-year career plan. Um, I've always just kind of chased challenges and learning and things like that. And so I'd say um, I'm still, still doing what I'm doing, not by virtue of some some grand idea or plan, but rather um, still constantly being challenged and learning and, and uh, growing. I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned, and I do remember this a little bit, that you've never been someone to have like a three or five year plan. I'm just curious, because there's so much focus in business school on this idea around career development, I know that you obviously take career development very seriously. Mm -hmm. did, that, did that ever impact or change the way you thought about how you did things like career planning or just um, thinking about you know what could be next or or anything like that. I think uh, business school forces you to be a little bit more intentional about the paths you take. I think looking back, uh, I think the folks that not necessarily had the most success with their career planning, but the ones that maybe it came a little bit easier to them were the ones that had a more um, clear path they wanted to go down going into business school. That said, it's really a great time to explore and try different things. Um, so I, th I think it afforded me a little bit of both, but I think it it added a little bit more discipline to that thought process than I otherwise would have had. Sure. And uh, so we have a podcast with two retired consultants and one current consultant. Or, and so I'm just curious, Blake, um, you know, you're one of our classmates who has continued to stay, you know, on this trajectory in this in this role and in this career. And I'm curious for you, uh, what has really excited you about this, this path uh, for yourself, mm -hmm. you know, particularly um, in your time, you know, since graduating business school, because, you know, every, every career path has its pros and cons. There's always trade-offs for everything, but it, it's very well known, at least in consulting that it, it can be a challenging and rigorous path. So I'm just curious for you, you know, what has really strengthened more of your resolve in going down this path or what have you experienced that has really given you confidence that you like, you like the direction that you're moving in? Yeah. I, I think a helpful exercise to do, whether you're in consulting or anything else is to kind of look at what the immediate next job might be. And then the job beyond that and think about if those are things you want to do. And as I've looked up in my organization or just more broadly in the profession, I kind of recognize that, um, what it takes to be successful at that next level 
tends to play more to my strengths and I, I've liked the job more and more um, with every role change or change in responsibility that I've had. And, um, you know, the, the day I look up and think I don't really want to have that job is when I'll probably consider what's next, but I haven't seen that yet. No, I think that's a great exercise. And, and definitely, I think they, it must be a consulting thing because I know other people at other firms who have also said like a very similar thing. And, and I think par- partially also perhaps just because if you just think about the hierarchy model and consulting, mm-hmm. it just lends itself very well to that. But I really do, I really do like that, that idea and that mental model, even if it's just a starting point um, to think about, do I want to keep going or do I want to look towards something else? Um, Carrie, I want to go back to you for a second. So uh, business school can be a transformative experience, um, particularly when, you know, you get so many opportunities and, you know, now that you've graduated and been out for five years, just kind of looking back and reflecting, what do you feel like has changed most about you um, in the five years since you've graduated? Yeah, I think um, I thought a lot about this and I think it's about appreciating the long journey um, that is your career. You know, in business school, you're so focused about where you're going next and there's a lot of weight on that and a lot of pressure. Um, and, I, and I feel like a lot of the mentors and advisors that I have have said this over the last five years of like, it's not about the next move. It's about lateral movements and twists and turns that will happen across your full career journey. And while I appreciate what they're saying, it's taking, I don't always grasp it, even in this moment, like I'm moving the marker on how much I grasp that. That's not about the next move. It's about the journey. Um, And I've moved the marker on that a lot, but I still think I have a little bit to go. And that's the appreciation that I've gained since business school is that it's not about the next move. And I think that lends to what Blake said previously about thinking about the next thing. Um, And that's where I think that that ties back to business school. It's It's about the next thing. But the perspective that I've gained, it's like, what is the next lateral move or what is the next two moves? Um, and it's about the long game. And I think that that's been a huge mindset and I'm still trying to work on that mindset. It's not something that I figured out overnight or even over the last five years. Um, but I'm trying to just really work on having the long game about my career and, and what's going to make it the most fulfilling and, and, and rewarding. I think that's a great perspective. And I, and I really like the idea of the mindset shift. It's something I've thought a lot about as well. I'm curious what's hard about that shift? Like, I, I don't expect anything to ever happen overnight, but like, you know, why hasn't it happened for you overnight? Or like, what's yeah. been hard for you to kind of process with, with that, with that mindset? Yeah, I think that question is, it's all about the ladder. Like it's the, you want to climb in business school, the ladder. And we've talked about this, Al. And when Blake's talking and I admire Blake so much for staying in external consulting, because I love external consulting because there is a ladder you can climb and it's more clear than other industries. And man, when you're in consulting, you want to climb the ladder. And I think um, that that's just, it's an appreciation that, you know, there are certain ladders. And sometimes when you move away from that, it's not necessarily a vertical ladder, but it's a different journey that looks a little different. And um, I think letting go of the ladder has been a huge, it doesn't mean the ladder's not there. It just means it looks different. Um, And I think that that's been the biggest challenge in the acceptance thing. Um, But I'll get, I'll get, I'm getting there and I'll get there. (laughs) Journey. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. For sure. And people have told me that, but I don't always believe it, but, but I do believe it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And that's something that I think I felt as well. And I I would say two things. Number one, the latter can be helpful because it provides context. Right. And certainly if you think about, right. I mean, a very tactical thing, like if, if, if you're, if, if you're delivering quality work at a level that's above where you are now, like the latter is helpful because it gives you the permission to say, 
hey, like I'm at this level, but I'm performing at the director, senior director level. Like, what you know, what's that like? You know, what what do we do about this? Right? Like, aka, pay me more or promote me. But like, you know, the latter can be helpful in providing context. Um, and you know, as someone you know more junior in my career, when you have less context of how things work, the the latter can be really helpful in giving you a sense of what good looks like when when you're not really sure. Wow. That said, to your point, um, uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, I think once you get to a point in your career where you have a little bit more confidence in yourself, a little bit more clarity about your goals and your aspirations, it, it's, it's the latter and what else, right? It, and, and, and so it's just, develop, I think it just takes time to maybe develop that, that what else. And so um, it, you know, the latter's not, you know, dead or gone. Um, it just, it, it just, you're expanding the way that you kind of look through your, your lens of how you think about your own, your own success or your own idea of success. Um, and certainly I also think too, I mean, I definitely see the latter in consulting, but I mean, I think you could make the case it's, it's in every, it's in every, you know, industry, particularly I think in, um, when you have bigger companies, right. And, you know, a lot of the traditional companies that recruit MBAs, right. And, and part of the reason why you have that is because when you have 50,000 people, like you have to put in some kinds of guidelines and guardrails to, um, make sure your, uh, performance management and talent development doesn't go off the rails, you know, every single year. So, um, appreciation for the latter for what it's worth, but also kind of the, to your point, the acknowledgement that like, um, it, it's not the only thing. And I, and I do think that, and like, I'd be curious again, going back to this idea of career development, I'm like one of the things I think that, um, business school is helpful for is really giving you the, um, career development toolkit to help you think about, how to make sense of the latter or whatever else is like success for you. Right. Because you do get to meet, you know, to Carrie's point, you do get to meet so many other, you know, people in your industry or alums who you know, are able to provide you that context. Um, you do have to go through many times in business school, the process of um, identifying a career opportunity, applying to it, having it not work out and having to learn from it. Or you do have to go through the process of learning how to pitch yourself for a role or an interview and things like that. And so I'm just curious for you, like, um, you know, like, and, and, I, and maybe this is harping on a little bit I asked you before, but just, you know, some of those other skills that you have around career development that you can take with you to, to help you make sense of what your own measures of success are for your career. Yeah, that's a great question. A really hard one to answer. Um, I think um, understanding gaining clarity of what your goals are is really, really important in trying to figure out where you're, where you're trying to head, even if it isn't that three year, five year career plan, but rather creating some career guiding principles that you can anchor into. Um, and then using those, whether, whether it is that plan or those principles to assess whatever might be in front of you, um, I think is, is super important, but, um, you know, I think you mentioned it, that kind of defining success and figuring out what success means for you um, really helps you back into figuring out in the near term, what's, what's right to do. Do I want to lean into this practice or that practice or this client or that client um, or projects or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, starting with the end game in mind is super, super important. I think they drilled that into us in business school and um, it helps even today. Yeah. Yeah. And some, Maybe you'll appreciate this analogy because I have two consultants with me on this, but maybe you won't. But um, I think fundamentally, a lot of times, a lot of things come back in life to like the traditional consulting project. 
you got to do an assessment, a, a, an assessment up front. Then you kind of go through some sort of like prioritization uh, or, or, or capability, or sorry, you do an assessment up front. Then you do like the, all right, now that we've done all the interviews and the assessment, now we got to come up with some sort of like definition of like uh, where we want to go. Then we build the business case and then we build the roadmap for how to like get there. Um, but I think that, um, you know, in those phases, to your point, I think you do it in the beginning, really have to start with like, you know, what it, you know, what, what is the end in mind or like, where, where do we want to mm -hmm. go? And certainly that changes, but, but yeah, yeah. 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 Let me, and I would add to that just to carry that metaphor a little bit further, um, doing some retrospectives periodically, yeah. Yeah. um, making time to reflect on what you've been up to, what you've learned, where you've been challenged, um, can help then clarify what you're about to do. So it's not this perfectly linear process, but sure. you're building in iterations as you think about your career, your life, your, your whatever. I think that's a really good point. And I think that is the, or it could be, I think, at least for me, like one of the things that I took away from business school, because you do have the two years um, to, to have many of those moments to pause and to, to reflect whether it's on what you did before business school and then coming to it, or just, you know, even in the moment after, a specific experience you had in business school and being able to reflect and make sense of it in terms of what did I get away? What did I get from this? Or what did I gain from this? Um, what did it teach me? How do I look at my mm -hmm. career or the world, you know, maybe differently. And um, I guess maybe on that notion, Blake, um, I'm curious, you know, thinking back to your time at, at UNC, was there a specific um, maybe experience or class or, something that you did in business school that has really carried with you, you know, to this day in terms of either like how you do your day job, how you think about you know, your career, anything like that? I'd, yeah, I'd say, um, and this is certainly isn't to discredit the classes and, and the great professors at UNC Keenan Flagler. Um, it was probably more the out of the classroom environment that shaped what I've done and who I am than the in the classroom environment. Um, if I had to pick one experience, it would probably be extracurricular leadership um, in that it really forced honing soft skills in a way that other aspects of the business school experience just didn't, didn't provide for me that they had that extracurricular experience, I think was huge. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know Carrie was just as involved as Blake, if not more. Um, so I, I'm curious for you, like same kind of question, you know, as you think about yeah. your time at UNC, like, you know, what was that one experience that was really stuck with you um, to this, to this day? Yeah, I would agree. It was probably um, the extracurricular leadership um, and putting myself in opportunities where I was a little uncomfortable. Those are the ones that have stuck with me the most. I know we've collectively have all reflected on those. Um, it's, it's not the easy times, but the hard times that you remember and that shape you further. Um, so those are probably, probably the, and I think just when I think about my career, um, I could have obviously continued with my career before joining business school, but it was stopping and doing something different and putting myself in, a, in an experience where it's, you're exposed to a whole bunch of new people with all different experiences from all over the globe. It's almost like joining a new company and like, how do you put your best foot forward? How do you build relationships? And for that, I take away a lot of that as well over like, it was a great experience to just put my, put myself in a, in a new world that I, that I might not have otherwise. So I appreciate just that, that piece as well. 
Yeah. And going, going up, I guess. I guess I'm just really right. glad I showed up in a lot of different ways. So. No, well, and we briefly talked about this the other day, but there's a specific moment, an example of where you really showed up that sticks with me to this day. And it was, you know, being involved in, in MBASA and just the, the process. I mean, everything we learn, everything I need to know about change management, <laughs> I learned mm -hmm. from this one experience um, Carrie and I had, and, and Blake was was a, as a club leader, I think was probably involved in this a little bit too, but um, we, we uh, certainly remember it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even know what I'm going to say. And he already knows <laughs> the context, um, high level. Um, we decided to make a change in just in terms of how we operated as a, um, student organization. And to us, we had done the homework. We had done the research. We had, you know, crossed all of our T's and dotted all of our I's and it made a ton of sense um, to all of us and we decided to um, share what we were doing and communicate it out and it was not nearly as clear-cut um, um, uh, in the eyes of many of our key stakeholders as we had envisioned um, it to be and so that was a really good learning in, in that you know specific experience just about the importance of uh, stakeholders and um, change management just in terms of bringing people along in the ride and making sure that their voice is heard um, but to Carrie's point about um, showing up, my I have a very lasting memory in my head of being in Corey, our auditorium, where we're rolling out some of the ideas behind these changes, and Carrie being in the front of the auditorium and just getting peppered with questions, um, some of which were very well-intentioned, um, yeah. some weren't, um, but some of which were very well-intentioned, and her just showing up and handling it like a champ. Like, I, I just... A very lasting me memory of that experience. Um, Blake, it sounds like you're, you have something to add, so I want to hand it over to you. But yeah, yeah, no, I I don't know. I don't remember the context. I was thinking about that, but I was actually thinking about that exact scenario a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, <laughs> Carrie, the amount of poise uh, you brought to that room uh, was quite impressive. <laughs> It's funny. Thanks, guys. I remember it. I remember it differently. <laughs> I remember it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah it, uh, those are the definitely the things that I remember the most. And I, it's kind of funny. I think when you're at the heart of it all, there's a lot of things you wish you did differently, but a lot of things you take away where it, it was certainly a growth experience. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no, totally agree. Um, and it, you know, the fact that we all kind of remember it, I think speaks to just how much of a learning moment that it was. And, um, but you also did show up in a really big way. So uh, we're, we're very, we're very grateful for that. Um, Carrie, on that same notion, as you mentioned, just in terms of, you know, being able to look back and with the benefit of hindsight, being able to critically say, you know, here's what I might have done differently. I'm just curious, you know, as you think back to your time in business school, not that you're five years out, is there anything that you wish you had done differently or maybe approached differently that, um, I mean, I, I know you've had, you had a great experience, but you know, with the, again, with yeah. the benefit of hindsight, like, you know, if, if you could have changed anything, is there anything? Yeah. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Cause there's one thing that I threw out the other day that I actually been wrestling with. So I'm going to share it with you both mm -hmm. and see if you, how you feel, um, was that I said, I wish I actually furthered to the extent that I put my, 
focus on comfortable situations. And for me, you know, while I might've done that with MBA SA, that was sort of a comfort zone because I like leading, I like the extracurriculars, but maybe in some of the class aspects, I, I told Al the other day that I showed up for one capital markets class and dropped it in the first week. I was like, mm -mm, <laughs> not for me. Don't need this for my career. Thanks guys. Bye. Leaving this room with all the computers and markets. Like I'm not going into this consulting wise. No one's ever going to ask me about this. And in hindsight, I said, man, like we have a high pass pass grading system. Like why didn't I stay at least to have the exposure to be able to talk about it eloquently? But then it's really interesting because I shared this on a, a call with admitted students earlier and a, and a student asked me, do you really regret it? Has anyone in your workplace asked you about capital markets? And I was like, you're right. No one's ever asked me and I did not need it. So that is my regret that I didn't lean into the uncomfortable class base wise, but that student made a really strong point that no one asked me for it. But my desire is that I had the exposure to speak more eloquently. So I'm going to throw that one back at you both because I, he challenged me. It was a regret, but he, yeah. he put me in my place when he asked me about it. What about, yeah. Blake, any thoughts? Uh, that's a stage question from a student. Um, yeah. I, man, I don't know. Uh, how much did you lean into the hard to the, the stuff that made you uncomfortable? You think class-wise? Medium? I don't know. Not like not tremendously. I my approach to the classes I took wasn't what is going to challenge me. It was kind of a combination of what do I think is going to be most applicable to this profession when I go out and what where am I going to have most fun? Yeah. Um, because I just kind of figured I'd learn no matter what environment I would be in, as long as I'm I'm have fun doing it. it'll probably stick a little bit better uh gosh i don't if it's really a regret of yours then yeah i think that's valid whether or not someone professionally has um asked you for that specific skill set i think you could have reasons for regretting some something like that um out, outside of the pretty specific professional scenario you're looking at but um it's a toughie yeah, I, know, I agree. I pretty, it's a good, it's a good question. He definitely, yeah. uh, it's been something that I've been thinking about. I don't have a perfect answer to. I think, no, I think it's a really good question. I think what I, what I come back to is um, the, the concept of what you're asking, I think is fair in terms of it is good to push yourself at times. And when, even in, if you do feel uncomfortable in this specific localized instance of capital markets, Maybe, maybe not, but like as a general broad theme, I think <laughs> it's a fair, like, it's a fair, like assessment. Um, the couple like mental models that are coming up in my mind are like, number one, uh, Ginny Rometty, former CEO of IBM said growth and comfort don't go hand in hand. So I, I do think about that. Um, the second thing I think about is um, our favorite, um, our favorite uh, assessment tool, StrengthsFinder. Um, you know, like when you use your strengths and you feel more engaged in your work. Um, the third mental model I think about is the growth mindset and that like behaviors can be learned um, if you have the right approach. And so, um, uh, but the last one, which I think is the most important is that uh, prioritization, right? And so mm -hmm. I would say that if um, I'm making this up, but like if there were another class that were more aligned to consult to what the work you were doing when you were going back to PwC, that was really, really hard and you shied away from it. Then I would say like, okay, I, I, that to me, would feel a little bit more of like, I could, I could buy that a little bit more because yeah. it could have been more useful, but 
capital market, like you're not like you'll live. I, I don't know. That's no that. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm surprised. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but I think it's fair, and it, and it's it's timely because I literally just I literally just had a conversation with my manager this week where she said to me, I notice whenever I give you something that you're capable of doing, you get it done right away. But whenever you I give you something that has a little bit of like twinge of either something you don't want to do or something that is a little bit different to you, you sometimes procrastinate it a little bit. She's like, is there any reason why? And this is why, because <laughs> it's, 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 it can be uncomfortable. Like, it, it can be uncomfortable. Um, but like, and, and from my experience, like maybe I'm, maybe throw this back on you. One of the things I do appreciate about business school is that it is a safe place to push yourself and, and, and to take a risk. If there were a time to, to, to do that, I think it is in a school environment, right? Because it's, it's meant for learning. And in addition to that, there are lots of intelligent people who are surrounding you while you're doing it. Um, I'm just, I'm curious, if, you know, um, as you think about the risks you've took, you took or the ways you push yourself, um, if, that, if that rings true to you at all. 100, 100%, yeah. Um, it, it is a remarkably safe space to explore and try stuff out and grow and learn. Um, I mean, that's, that's just the whole, the whole purpose of the program is to give you that space. And when you graduate and you're on the real world, you can certainly find safe spaces to take risks like that, but they're seldom um, of the same magnitude and, and quite as safe. And I think the other thing that's really cool about the environment in, in business schools is I, I know it holds true for UNC. I'm very confident it holds true for many others is um, you're not only put in situations where you're going to grow and learn, but they also force reflection time while you're in the program to look back on what you're doing and, and have done um, so that it's internalized a little bit more, which I think is a super powerful thing. Yeah, I, I think the to what you're saying, Blake, I think the feedback loop that you get from that reflection is super helpful because it it synthesizes not only like what you executed, but like what you learned from it and certainly can inform the decisions that you make, you know, moving moving forward. Right. And you know, I think about for mm -hmm. you in terms of being the president of the management consulting club, in terms of you know, being able to make a decision on something and um, you know, to get feedback from the rest of your, uh, uh, in our applied leadership class, like to get feedback from the rest of your peers or your executive board or from our, Paula, our, um, our coach at the time, um, and to be able to take that learning and then apply it to whatever other decision that you had, you know, to make, you know, later on or something, something else in some kind of way. And I think those, those feedback loops and the ability to kind of apply what you learned in a, in a rapid fashion after that, I think those are the moments where you really learn in terms of that, that push and pull of being able to do and then rapidly get that feedback and, and then go through that cycle again and again and again. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, I, the, the three of us having had some different um, extracurricular responsibilities, I think we're provided additional feedback loops. But that said, it was available. Those kinds of feedback loops were available to everyone. And I think that's yeah. just a, an amazing tool um, that, I would encourage anyone who's in or starting an MBA program to take the fullest advantage of that. I agree. I, I for me, at least the, um, the, one of the most valuable things I did at UNC was when we got the ability to work with an executive coach and, you know, we were able to have those, 
those one-on-one sessions and I, I really liked my coach. And so after I had finished, I think we got like two or three, I raised my hand and just said, would it be okay if I could do some more? And so I ended up probably during the second year, I ended up meeting with her maybe like 10 or 12 times and being able to check in with her and to continue to, again with those feedback loops um, was so that va- was so valuable. And certainly now I could go out and get something like that, but um, uh, and, and, and by all means I probably should, but being able to get that then was such a valuable learning experience for me and um, was something I hadn't had before. And so that alone was so, was, was such a, was such a great um, experience to have. And um, Carrie, I want to go back to you um, again for a second here, but like um, as you, as you think about, you know, your time at, at UNC, like, is there um, like, is there an experience that we're like outside of, I know we talked a little bit about your student activity, um, everything you've done with MESA, but like, um, is there another, is there another like experience you had where you really feel like um, you, you learned something that um, you either didn't have before because you just never had, never had that experience in your career or that still continues to kind of pay dividends um, in your career yeah. till now? That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know if I can attribute it to a single experience, but I think the one thing that sticks with me is, this is going to be a little silly and maybe not directly related to the question, but it's was the idea of, and I think about, I'll, I'll give one example of carpooling. And then I, we were carpooling at the beginning of freshman year, but not everybody had cars. And I think we forgot that, that we had a lot of international students there without cars. And sometimes when people ask me when they're coming in and they're going to be new students, I'm like, remember there are people without cars. Um, and I think the thing that took that sticks with me the most is to remember who's around you and who has cars and who doesn't, who has different tools and who doesn't, and be mindful of that and think about what tools that I have that I can give to somebody else. Um, And I sometimes kick myself that I look back and I realize, man, I had a car and I didn't give enough. I didn't offer enough um, to to lend somebody a hand when they didn't. So I don't know, it's silly because I, I feel like the question loads to like a presentation or a moment in class. But the biggest thing for me is to be surrounded by people with all different backgrounds and to appreciate that. And uh, that's something that sticks with me is to take a minute and and appreciate that. And that comes with when I'm in the workplace now and people are traveling and we, you know, it might be my home city, it might be different. I don't know. It's all different ways it manifests, but to remember what I can give and provide, whether personally or in the workplace. Um, And I think that's one that I try to remember and also give new students the same advice is to remember that we're all coming in with, with different aspects. No, I actually think that's really valuable in a lot of ways, just because it's the importance of, well, it's the number one, it's the importance of recognizing diversity that exists, you know, particularly in an MBA program, right. And to your point of people coming in from different backgrounds, but also, I mean, as you mentioned, and as a, as a, as a leader or manager, I mean, I think fundamentally you have people who are coming in from different um, walks life in some cases, or if anything, have different priorities or intentions. And it's the importance of the intentionality and the empathy of understanding that and then creating that environment or culture or whatever you want to call it um, in a way that it, that is mindful, mindful of that. And so I, I, I think there is a absolutely, I mean, um, there absolutely is a, is a, is a lesson in that. And I do think that is also the value again of going to a program where there are people who are different from you, right? And who come from different backgrounds or um, have different experiences. Um, in addition to learning from them, it does, I think, 
force you to be more mindful um, and, and take that into account. Um, you know, particularly as the, uh, the world does get more global and interconnected and, and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I think it's easy to go about our ways sometimes. And I mm -hmm. take a step back to realize like I could have showed up and not have appreciated that in any regard. And I think it's, a, I try to remind myself to like take a step back. Like I can go about my, my business. Um, but I'm trying to remember that there's a bigger picture at hand here. Yeah. Um, Carrie, I want to follow up on another question I have for you. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, um, working in the travel and hospitality industry in a time like this is, is interesting. Um, yes. and certainly, yeah, certainly and as you mentioned, like, you know, you thought you were going to be doing this, but you didn't envision yeah. just the ways in this, which would play out. Obviously none of us did. So I'm curious just to, uh, from your perspective, you know, what, what, um, and for context, we're filming this in um, the end of May or middle of May of 2020. So what, what have the past couple of months been like for you and, and how have you been navigating through it all? Yeah, um, thanks for the question. So obviously with the impact of the global pandemic on the hospitality industry, I have been on a, so I'm a director, senior director of consulting at Merritt International and I've been on a furlough since April 6th, which I think was the Monday. Um, they told us it would be about 60 to 90 days, but with the way things are, there's no guarantees. So it's very open-ended. Um, so it's been, it, it's been tough in that, you know, I think we all could have said six months ago, we never expected this. I was so excited for this new chapter. This was completely unexpected. I'm in a position where we focus on growth and there's certainly no growing happening right now. Um, but I guess to tie it, it's been, it's been tough, um, but it makes the experience that I, I, when I got my MBA, it was about the long game. It wasn't about almost the next career I get, but the next, you know, like maybe four or five careers. And I think that makes it more important now more than ever. I'm so glad I have this, you know, not only the credential, um, but the network. I think that when I went into business school, I thought it was going to be about, you know, they talk about your network, like it's almost like a Rolodex. Like, oh, when you need another job, you know, you just flip through who works at this place. And I think in what this experience has showed me is that so many people have reached out and said, like, are you okay? You know, like I heard this is, I know you work in hospitality. I heard Marriott just did a lot of layoffs. Are you okay? And um, I can't thank everybody enough for reaching out. Like it's meant the world to me personally and just to know I'm supported. So I, you know, to, to everyone, my friends and all of you, I, it just means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly, um, you know, I think if you, if you work a career for 35 or 40 years, you're bound to have unexpected twists and turns or surprises, but this yeah. certainly definitely takes, uh, takes the cake. Um, but I think to your point, the, 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 and I agree with you, I think a lot of people intuitively when they choose an MBA program, they say, oh yeah, it's because of the brand or the network. Right. And, um, and it seems a little amorphous or vague. Um, but I do think these are these are the times when it really can come into handy and can be very real. And um, and in addition to that, you know, one of the things I, I've been talking with a lot of um, admitted students about this, but you know, particularly in a challenging time like this, what a great place to be right now in the sense of being surrounded by so many intelligent, caring, thoughtful people, and to have having that community um, surround you in. You know, and if I think we've learned anything about this pandemic, it's just the importance of connection, right? And um, in terms of being able to be uh, in close proximity to others, if not physically, in some kind of way. And so hopefully, that, it sounds like that's a little bit of what you're feeling now in terms of some of the, 
um, the people who have reached out or offered to help or um, just check in on you as you kind of, you know, figure out your own, your own way forward. Yeah, definitely. It, it certainly means a lot. And um, it, someone said to me, oh, it sounds like you've really leaned on your network. And I was like, oh, you're right. I have really leaned. Like it's weird. There's that a concept, the word lean meant so much more to me. Like, right. I have really leaned on my network, both for support as well as just figuring it out. And I think the other takeaway that I've had is like, don't wait till you need it. Like there's been mm -hmm. some people like, Oh, I really wish I reached out to them. Or like no. what I, what I love about you, Al, is you're a connector. You know, you bring mm -hmm. people together and I'm like, man, like I'll even say this. I wish I reached out a year ago, not because I needed it, but because I wish I just kept up some stronger relationships. You know, I think Al, you're amazing at that. Um, and I wish that I'd done that. You know, it's not, I know I could reach out to anybody now, um, and I know that it would be arms wide open, but there's a part of this where I'm like, there was no reason why I shouldn't have dropped a happy birthday text or checked in when a new baby arrived. Um, that gives me an appreciation for this of just don't wait till you need it. You know, yeah. like we had great relationships and we get busy, but, um, but I wish Blake, you're going to get lots of happy birthday texts for me because <laughs> 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 that's my resolution. So I just, it gives an appreciation for we, you know, just to, don't mm -hmm. wait till you need it, you know, keep it up. Let's, let's stay in touch kind of thing. Cause I am very grateful for all the support during this time. Absolutely. One, one follow-up question. And then I do have one, another one for Brooke, for Blake, but one of the things you mentioned there was this like, concept of like leaning on your network. And I think that's really important. Um, I'm curious for you, was that, was that easy for you? Was that hard for you? I think it's still hard for me. I think one yeah. thing, you know, that it's so interesting and I would love again to throw this back on you guys and there's a lot of talk about female in business school about this is confidence. You know, I was some, some people come into business school uber confident. Maybe I played into that, but I would also say that I struggled with confidence and I still struggle with that. You like look at this and you're like, wow, they have, you know, this job or that profession. Like, can I reach out? Um, so I've leaned into my network quite significantly and I've been very grateful, but there's still a confidence struggle there. Um, and I would tell anybody in a heartbeat, don't let that get to you. But when it's you, it's very real. Um, so I don't know how y'all feel about that, but yeah. um, it's not always easy. Um, and yeah. that's where I think reaching out earlier because it's more organic then does make a difference. You know, when you truly, you know, we all have great relationships, but to root that in, you know, will help with that for me personally. And I'll try to do that going forward. But what do you all think about that? How do you yeah, feel? Like, why don't you go, why don't you go for it? Cause I, um, yeah. Why don't you go for Blake? It, I th yeah, I mean, I, I think the the reticence to kind of actively lean um, with the, maybe I'm reading into it, but like the, the perception of not, you know, staying connected. I think anyone who's ever met you, like you said, would, would be so overwhelmingly thrilled to be able to help you with whatever, you know, how, how, wherever, however, whenever they can. Um, what, as you were describing that, like you leaning, leaning into that, I was almost thinking about just with all of the amazing people you've surrounded yourself with of them, like pulling you up where, um, it's not necessarily you having to go out, but just people being so excited to stay in your life and, and be a more active participant in your life. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it's like a, it's usually a really cool thing to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it does. You're, you're absolutely right. And I felt that warm. Challenging, but um, just, you know, you, you're surrounded by so much love just because of how awesome a person you are. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I have felt that love, you know, like it's kind of funny that you feel worried about reaching out up front, but when you do, mm -hmm. like all I've gotten has been love back and support in, in the conversations and informational, you know, discussions that I've had and checking in. So I think you're, you're, you're right in that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, um, but the other thing, Carrie, that you said that I think is, is great and something I always try to encourage people to do is, is, yeah, don't, don't wait till you need it. Um, be, pro, you know, be proactive about it. And I'm lucky in that just the way that I'm wired, I just, I enjoy checking in with people and knowing what's going on and hearing what they're up to. And I'm just genuinely curious. And so that has always helped me. I know that's not the same for everyone else, but it's just kind of built into my DNA and I'm, and I'm, um, and I'm, and I'm fortunate for that, but it does come in handy, you know, when, when you do get into challenge, more challenging situations. Um, and then I think the other thing that you talked about, and I'd be curious, um, Blake, I want to throw this back on you is just this idea around is, is around confidence, whether it was in business school or even, you know, even now. And, you know, particularly, I think, um, you know, working in consulting, right. Where number one, like you are seen as the expert when you may or may not actually be the expert at any given moment for any given thing. Um, but number two, when, uh, certainly too, and just in terms of being able to, you know, particularly working with someone who's probably in some cases more senior than you are, um, like a client, like still being able to project that confidence. Um, but just in general, as you think about um, confidence in, in, in your career and the balance of that, just in terms of um, how do you do, like, how do you do that in a way when you do sometimes, you know, and certainly North Highland, there's no shortage of really smart people. Like, how do you like maintain that confidence, whether it's in relation to your, your peers or um, your, you know, your clients or, or even just within yourself? Uh, yeah. It, I mean, I think ev everyone has self doubt at moments. I'm guilty of that. I'm sure you both are guilty of that. Um, and I think, business school is a great opportunity to like, like you said, take risks. And I, th I think, you know, in, in some ways I was fortunate in that a lot of those risks paid off and I don't know that I ever really like fell down super hard. Um, you might say I missed some really good learning opportunities from that, but that in and of itself did, I think help create some confidence that I didn't have going into business school and then since then, to your point, just the environment we work in where we're working with folks much more senior than us, um, I think it does require the ability to outwardly project confidence, even if you don't always um, have it inside. Um, I think, at least for me personally, a couple things help with that. One is just experience. The more, the more you do, the more you've been around the block, um, you can kind of look back and, and think, what, I did that, I can definitely do this thing, even if I you know, haven't done it before, haven't met this person, or haven't faced this challenge. Um, looking back at all of the challenges you have overcome can help. The other thing that helps for me is, um, specific to the profession I'm in, though I think it would relate to a lot of other people, is I've never seen my job as being the expert or the smart person in the room. I've always thought what I'm good at and what's made me successful is being a conduit to all of the greatness in the firm that sits around me. And if I can be as good as anyone in the firm at drawing on our collective expertise, I'll be fine. And I think that's a good way to, to frame it. And I, I, I would, I, I think what you're, 
and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're highlighting and something that I've learned too is that when it, a lot of times it's easy to, the, being, the benchmark we have sometimes is just comparing ourselves to others, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what you've realized is that while that can be valid in a lot of ways, what you, like you don't need, your benchmark doesn't always need to be others. It can just be towards the thing that you're looking at. In this case, the thing that you're looking at is just being that conduit of knowledge and being confident that you are really good at that versus, you know, being really good at whatever else it could be that other people are focused on. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that there's a distinction there, right? Because for one of them, it's localized and focused to you being the best at that um, and having confidence in that to the other, it's the best at what other people are the best at. And, And I think that's, that to me was something that was, was, was challenging in business school and still perhaps even a little bit to this day of just, you know, when you come into that first week or first couple of weeks and you realize that everyone else is super smart. Like we sat in the back of core classes. It was you, me, David Kearns. Like, so mm-hmm. David, hope you're listening out there, um, but you're probably not. That's okay. But um, so like, that's a perfect example. I was like, this guy is like, number one, he's old and way more experienced than I am and just knows way more than I am. But number two, he's like, he's got a family at home and like, like always, like always the, knows the right answer. Like always knows how to ask the right question mm-hmm. is like delivering everything like perfectly. And like, here's me, this like 25 year old kid. And I don't have any of those things that he's dealing with in the home life. And I'm like struggling to like stay alive. And you're just like, crap. Like I, you know, like, I can't measure up. He's going to love the fact that I'm comparing myself to him. I can't, I really hope he's, he listens to this. But the point of it is, is that like, I, I had to realize whether it was David or anyone else that like, I don't need to like, it's great. That's awesome. But like their, their lane is different than mine. And like what I need mm-hmm. to focus on is just yeah. that, that sandbox, the kind of like what you've drawn in terms of um, just again, being that, being the best at collecting the collective information and bringing that to the client. Um, for, yeah, for sure. Like it's funny you mentioned David and just this idea about confidence. I think you, you mentioned um, strengths finders earlier. Yeah. Um, I think it is really important to know know your strengths and know your blind spots. And like they say, hire to your blind spots. I was like thinking about David, right? When we were doing our um, case competition teams, David was the first person I thought of because I was like, that dude is smart in ways that I am not. And then when Dave and I put our heads together, we're like, okay, well, we need someone who's like a really good quant person. Let's go grab Justin. We need someone who's really good at storytelling. Sally is super, super good at that. And so um, being able to draw on the like awesome, awesome people all around you, I think is a, a I don't know. That's a good story. I mean, I think that alone is a really great way of just how you build teams and what you thought. Very strategic, but also very important. I don't know. I I like, I never, I knew you guys made such a great team, but I never heard the inner workings of it all. So I think there's a lot to be said. Uh, I mean, yeah, I probably made it sound a little bit more intentional now than it was. (laughs) There was certainly an element of that, but a lot of it was just like, uh, like Al said, sitting in the back of the class, goofing around and realizing we have to stay up all night on a case study. We should at least do it with someone we can have fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It kills me slightly that we're spending three minutes of this podcast giving credit to David Kearns, but. <laughs> you did not call him old, which is true. So I okay. thought that like balances out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Um, so Carrie, I want to go back to you for a second. Um, I'm curious 
um, for where you are, as you look, you know, kind of like right now, like what, um, what does success mean for you? And you can take that however you wish, whether that's career life, like whatever, but like, what, what does success mean for Carrie Ridley? All right. Good question. Um, I, success for me means having a career that continuously challenges me that I'm interested in. So, okay, I guess there's a creature, of course, a career that I, that challenges me that I also feel like I'm adding value to. So I think those are the two things I need to be giving and I need to be getting, getting back to a street with my career. Um, and if there's one thing that I've learned, you know, some, you know, careers give more in this way, some give more in this way with each chapter, with each position. Um, so for me, it's finding that continuously finding it. And I admit it's not a specific role. It's not a, I can't tell you it's this position at this company, but it is that give and take, um, where I feel like what I'm putting in and and I'm productively contributing. I also think that I'm continuously being challenged. Um, so I, that's the continuous journey. I, I think I found it. I hope I could continue on that. And then when I find that that that's off balance, it will be looking for that next thing. So for me, that's, what I hope to kind of, it won't always be there, but I hope to kind of continue to strive for that. Yeah, I think that's great. And Blake, same, same question for you. What is, uh, what is, what does success mean to Blake? Uh, that's, it's something I'm actually, I've been in the process of trying to reframe that answer to that for the, at least a year now. Um, success for me before was, I think some of the outward signs of success, winning different things, the promotion, the whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm on a journey of trying to reframe that to be more about what I have control over. Um, and I think it's, it's leading me to be a happier person. So it maybe isn't necessarily, um, get the promotion, but more like, you know, not making unforced errors, um, or in, you know, my personal life, it's not, um, my wife loving me more. It's trying to do everything I can to be a more lovable husband. Um, and if I can do those things, all of the stuff in my control, I think that's, that's success right now. You go Alex. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for me, in some ways it's still consistent with what it's always been. And, you know, I think that, um, to be able to use the, the talent skills and gifts that I have in a way that, um, makes an impact, not just for myself, but for others. Um, I think that's been a singular focus of mine, um, you know, since I can ever remember thinking about like what success looks like for me. Um, and certainly now that I'm older and, and, and further in my career, the ways in which that manifests itself um, are, are done in different ways than perhaps before. But I still think, you know, that is, um, that is a goal of mine and, and that is what success is. And I think, um, you know, at this point for where I am, like one of the things that I am working on is, um, is, is scale. Right. And so not only just doing it, but how can I do it in a way that impacts the most amount of people? And so, um, you know, I think I'm really lucky, you know, I've always, you know, like there's people in my life who, um, have put lots of money into an education for me, um, like a Keenan Flagler, like where I went to undergrad and I've been able much from that. And so I'm constantly thinking about, well, like, how do I take what I've learned and, and use it in a way that certainly, you know, um, helps me in the short term, right, in terms of uh, my own, my own ideas and my own success, but also 
helps others. And, and, and so um, I think that still is how I measure it and what it, what it means to me. And then um, it's just the, the ways in which I go about it are, are different now than they were, you know, five years ago or, or, or 10 years ago. So that's, that's kind of what I, what I'm kind of gunning for. Um, last question. So probably about right now, um, there are, you know, thousands of MBAs who are graduating or soon to graduate from business school and to enter, um, the world back into the real world at a pretty challenging time. And, you know, certainly as, a, as we started, you know, we graduated like literally five years ago to this day of the filming of this. I'm curious, um, you know, what advice, uh, and we'll start with you, Blake, what advice would you have uh, for MBA students who are graduating this year? Yeah, um, gosh, it's cliche, I know, but I'll say it anyway. You got to really make it count because it's something you only get to do once. If I, if I could do it again, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, but, but my chance is over. Um, make every day, every week, every month count as much as you can. Just take, take advantage of it. It's a really special time. Harry, what about you? I like that. Um, I totally agree with Blake. I'd also say, you know, I want to add to, I said my advice was to show up before, but I'd say show up and be genuine and authentic. And that's showing up for day one of MBA. That's showing up for day one of your job. And don't be so hard on yourself. Be your genuine, authentic self. And I think if you work hard, good things will come. So being, showing up and being genuine and authentic, and no matter what your day entails, I do that even being furloughed. I try. <laughs> I, and I have nothing to do. I'm still genuine and authentic at this time. So at least I'm trying to be, even if that's a really bad mood some days. Um, but be your genuine and authentic self, and I do think good things will come. So that's what I would say. Great. Well, uh, thank you to both of you for, for joining, and I uh, appreciate you sharing your thoughts and insights, and happy five years. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.